Hey, what is up? Thanks for listening to Work Stuff. This time I'm meeting with someone I've been following for a few years now. His name is Jesse Gitler, and he's a sales development leader and coach. He's actually not with an organization at the moment. He's doing some consulting now, and yeah, we'll get into that in this episode. I was pretty excited to get some time to learn about Jesse's story because I identify a lot with his career growth in sales development. He shares some experiences with failure and the fear of embarrassment with a couple awesome stories in his career that were big fork in the road type moments for him. And definitely just recommend you giving him a follow on LinkedIn. He's got a lot of wisdom to share. He's very active there. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Word Stuff. Can you see my screen? No, I don't think so, because it's just for listening. I'm the guy who brings up work stuff at parties. My name is Andy, and I want you to join me. Work Stuff. stories casually told. Welcome, Jesse. I appreciate you joining me on the podcast. I don't know if you remember, but we actually did meet once briefly on a Zoom. I uh, randomly commented on on a post of yours and booked a meeting um, for Airbase way back in the day. I don't think it was super qualified, though. Yeah, I do remember that, man. I, that was, uh, you, you left a good comment and I was like, I'll give you that meeting for sure. Yeah, but it, did, it didn't work out. Yeah, I remember it was timely because I was telling, I was an SDR manager of a small team of like five SDRs and I was trying to just like, you know, lead the way, you know, sh show them how it's done a little bit. Like, yeah. you know, you guys should be out there doing this kind of stuff. Like people will respond and book meetings this way. Yeah, listen, it, it, I remember that part of it too. That's and, funny. Yeah. And I, yeah, I've been following you for a while because just because um, you, I know you used to be at Patient Pop. Um, I was at Flowcast. Both were like high growth startups in uh, the LA area. Um, I know that uh, you're not with Patient Pop anymore. I'd love to get into that, but uh, it's exciting to, to have you on now. Yeah, likewise. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Right on, man. Do you want to give like a quick little intro about yourself? Um, just kind of like um, what you're doing now, what uh, your background is like, and then we can kind of rewind the clock a bit back to uh, high school, college days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Jesse Gittler. Currently, I am doing consulting, um, mostly for SDR orgs, but for full sales as well. Uh, I do one-to-one -one coaching. I've been leading sales development teams for really the last 10 years, working backwards from where I'm at. Uh, I was, uh, like you mentioned most recently at a, at a company called patient pop. That was my last company I was at. I was there for five years, but before that, I guess if we want to just rewind to back to high school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess what I'm curious to know is like, um, like not everyone really thinks like, oh, I'm going to be a sales person, you know, in the future, especially even like top of funnel cold calling, you know, no one's thinking that in high school. I'm, I'm kind of curious, like. Where was your head at career-wise when you were, you know, an adolescent and kind of like started to become an adult? Great question. So, you know, I graduated from SUNY Albany, upstate New York, born and raised in New York. It, I mean, everyone could probably tell by my accent. I always right. get within the first minute, um, say water again, but I, I can't hear my own accent. So, <laughs> but yeah, I went to school upstate for finance management. I graduated in a recession. There was really no work. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like most people who graduate college, had a couple odd jobs, started my own business with a couple of friends. And um, I got to a point where I really needed health insurance. Yeah. You know, I needed like a, an official job that paid me every two weeks. And I got health insurance that I was in routine. And at this time, there was no, I didn't know what an SDR was. You know, there was no LinkedIn. Like there was no co-parts right, and boot camps and, and all of this knowledge and information that's out there. My friend was working at a company called Veronis or data security company based in Manhattan, really great company. And, uh, he was an SDR and he was doing really well. And he was like, I get you an interview. Can't guarantee anything. So I'm like, all right, for sure. So I went up to Manhattan. I took the train. I, I lived in Long Island and, um, and no idea what the hell. It was right. Cold calling, whatever, like, just give me the job. I'll work hard, please. Kind of thing. You know, okay. such a good manager and director. I remember the interviews and I'm still, I still, I'm still close with them to this day. And they, they took a chance on me and, um, I just put my head down and made a lot of calls, listened to my manager, 
Um, and it took me about five days and then I figured it out. Uh, but those were tough five days. You know, uh, I remember, um, you know, our quota was like two meetings per day. And I remember like after my third day, you know, just sitting in front of the computer, making dials all day. Um, and there was no outreach or sales loft or like this was, you know, 10, 12 years ago or something like that, you know, things are coming up. And I remember standing in the kitchen of the office. I was like, I got to do this every day. And I got to book two meetings. Like I hadn't booked a meeting yet. You know, and that doubt crept in and my eyes were hurting from staring at the screen, but I went back in. Um, but rewind from that, there's a couple of really important lessons mm. that I had when I first started at, at Veronis. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this was a data security company and I had no idea what any of that was. Okay. So very tech savvy type of stuff. You know, we're calling to IT admins and pitching this software and you know, my college days and my high school days was like, all right, I'm going to study before the test. Right. That was how I got by. And I was always like a B plus, A minus student. Like I always did well. Um, but that was my, that's how I learned. Like that, that, that was just what I did. You know, I was always just crammed a lot before the test and just like never really understood anything and just got by, you know, and got into this job and they, right away, they put us into this two week kind of uh, onboarding training and I was with a couple other reps in there and pretty much you're like in training for two weeks, right? You're learning all these things. And at the end of these two weeks, you get a, uh, you get a, a an oral exam. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I remember my, uh, my, my boss director at the time, Alex Ortiz, great guy, still talk to him. Um, you know, he was like, don't worry about it. Like nobody, nobody fails, you know, like you're good. No, nobody's going to, nobody fails to serve. Like that was the talk around the office. And, you know, I'm, I'm a young kid, like first job in Manhattan, intimidated. Like I didn't, you know, I, I had my friend there, but still I was like, well, you know, all these, all these people are so smart. Like, I, I don't know, fit in like what, you know, and I would stay in this room with the two other people or three other people that I was training with. And I took it just like I did college, like, oh, I'll be all right. You know? Meanwhile, the curriculum was difficult, right? Like, right. You would, you know, it's one of those things where you're like learning the definition of something. And then within that definition, you're looking up another word and then another word. And then like you're four words in looking up the definition of it. And you're just, you're totally lost from the original question. And time of the cert came. And of course I was last to go. And the first two people went and remember their names are Leilani and Eric and, uh, you know, they, 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 they passed, they came out of the room and everybody's clapping, you know, like, cause they're finally going to get on the phones. Yeah. I'm going in, I'm nervous, but I'm like, nobody fails. Like, you know, anyway, mm -hmm. story short, I think y'all get what's coming on. I get to the end and Alex is like, we're going to have to ask you to take it again. And I'm like, well, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, we're going to have to ask you to take it again one more time. Like you just didn't do enough. I don't know what to tell you. You didn't do enough to pass. I can't, I can't put you on the phones like this. Brutal. Yeah. And like, yo, like when I tell you how important that moment was for me, because, and I, I've, it literally was the origin story of how I lead mm -hmm. and how I talk and how I uh, motivate and inspire people and if you read my content on LinkedIn, I talk a lot about embarrassment and how the fear of embarrassment is stronger than the fear of death for yeah. many, you know, and it really controls our lives. And in that moment, I was, I was dead. Like I was shot down. Like I was like, oh my God, like I got it. Not only like I got to do this again and I don't know what I'm doing, but I got to go walk out right now and see all these people, you know, and I get out. I walked out of the room and everyone's clapping and I'm mm. like, yeah. And I'm like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't pass. And they're like, shut up. Like, stop playing. Like, you know, everyone's no one, no one's bailed this thing. And, um, I'm like, no, I'm not for real. And they're still clapping, huh. you know? Yeah. And I'm walking through, oh man, it felt like, uh, you know, the game of Thrones scene. You watch that where they're like, shame, shame, shame. And you're throwing everything at the, at the queen. Right. Uh, that was me, man. And um, finally, they were like, oh, God, he did not pass. And 
they stopped clapping. And I remember I had tears in my eyes and I was in the elevator and I called my dad and I was like, I don't, you know, I was so filled with fear and I was making every excuse like this, you know, they, you know, I don't even want to do this anyway. Like, you know, what, I don't know how to, you know, all this stuff's not for me. And right. my dad's not that kind of guy, but he heard me out and he was like, listen, you know, if you want to quit right now, I'll support you. But I don't think you're going to look back at that and, 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 and be happy with that decision. And, you know, the conversation we had, he had a little more color to it. I don't remember precisely at this time what he said, but uh, I made a decision like, I'm going in. Like, like right there, my life was like, you know, you talk about different dimensions. Well, I do. I don't know if you do. Totally, totally. I talk about different dimensions all the time. Uh, but, you know, there's parallel universes and things like that. And right then and there was my moment, my first real moment of like, what am I about to do? You know, am I about mm -hmm. to like tower in this and be the victim of it? Or am I going to step into it? And I remember I went to Starbucks that night. You know, and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm changing this up. Like I'm not doing the whole way that I studied. I threw out everything and I went back to the foundation. I'm like, I am in another, this is how I teach now. This is how I lead, right? It's so important that you learn the foundation of how to cold call. You mm -hmm. learn the foundation of what you're trying to do. You learn the foundation of the point you're trying to get across. Because what happens is as I went through, you get lost in one question on a question and then mm -hmm. you're expertise is gone. You lose mm -hmm. your, you know, control of the conversation. So I threw all that out. I started fresh and, um, I walked back in there or whatever, or 10 days later and I passed and, uh, you know, six months later I was running the team. Crazy. Yeah. I love that comment you had on, um, the fear of failure or embarrassment is so much stronger than the fear of death. Cause like, we don't know what death really is, but we know what embarrassment is like even we're social creatures so yeah we're social creatures and also like if you look back in our pain dweller times right like mm. being outcasted from the group was worse worse than than being killed yeah you know? so that's that stems in us you know as human beings and uh it, it drives us and i've i've made an effort in my career as i lead and teach to help people step into that discomfort because there's nothing more powerful and more valuable to, to do that early on, right? Yeah. Step into those places where like, you feel like, Hey, they're laughing at me, or I don't know what I'm talking about. Like I was the kid. I knew this from my youngest age. I remember being in class, like don't call on me to the teacher, but then something inside of me made me raise my hand. Mm -hmm. Like I just, totally. knew, I knew that this was a barrier. I knew, I knew it. And I was like, I'm getting over this faster, right? And speed is a factor in this life. You know, I, I, I believe we're all going to the same place, right? Everyone is virtuous. Everyone is good. We're all learning these lessons, but just at different speeds, you know? And if uh, we live to 300, 400 years old, you'd see some people, you know, that are, don't have anything, get it at, you know, 200 years old or hmm. it's important to be self-aware and make these decisions earlier on. Yeah, totally. I, I kind of like, I'm, I picture like a maze of life and you hit a roadblock. And so you're like, oh, that must be closed. I need to go find another path. And maybe that's true in, in some cases where you need to like go find a different path. But if you knock down the barrier, there's like this whole other path you hadn't even really considered and you didn't realize that it was like a fragile barrier that you could break through. It's a, uh, it's kind of how I picture things. Um, I love that example. Yeah. And it's also like, the situation is never actually as scary as the thought of it. Right. You know, the fear goes away when you shine a light on it. So you need someone to tell you that though. You need someone to coach you through that earlier on as early as possible. So it just becomes more in your subconscious as you move through life later on. Yeah, totally. Um, so I'm curious to hear like you, you retook this, this assessment and you passed, you know, I assume with flying colors that time. Um, walk me through like the next like five months i guess where you start becoming a manager like i guess uh how quickly did you start to see success and get attention from leadership like oh this guy kind of figured it out we need to like promote him i guess what was that path or like progression like yeah so i got on the phones i told you it was like five days i didn't have book a meeting mm -hmm. and i'll tell you another another parallel universe split off moment where 
once again, fear of embarrassment. So I was coming in real early because not because I was ambitious. Hmm. I was literally, I didn't want anybody to hear me pitch. Yep. Right. So I'd come in before everybody got there and I'd make my calls like, Hey, you know, Hey, I don't, you know, I was worried that how I sounded. Right. Because listen, we all know if you're on the phones and a lot of this shit is remote now, but for people who are in the office, even as a manager, when I would take calls and a director, I'd still, it would still feel like if I'm talking to someone, they only hear one side and they're like listening, listening, listening. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, like they're, they hung up on me. You get that feeling like, ah, you know? So yeah. when you're a rookie in the game, that's obviously going to be magnified. So I came in early, I'd be making these calls, you know, I'm whispering. And then I, I look up and I see uh, Jim over there and he's whispering, you know, he's doing the same thing. Sally over there behind me, she's whispering, you know, she's, and I'm like, damn, like we're all handcuffed. Yeah. Like, I, I got to worry about how I sound to the people around me, to the prospects, to my manager. I got to book the meeting. I got to, I'm like, fuck, it. excuse me, right. a lot of curse on here. Go for it. Yeah, I was like, forget this, man. And I stood up right then and there. Another, another, another huge turning point for me. Stood up straight and was like, just pitching really loud. Made sure people heard me. Love it. Made sure people heard me and, and made my presence known. And I got a lot of confidence through that. A lot of people started to follow me through that. I started to book a lot of meetings. And my real breakout thing early on was like, we had a competition. And all of a sudden, you know, we had this, you know, one kid who was, you know, there a year and a half or whatever, and just running the show. And my name was above his. And they were like, oh, what's this kid doing? You know, nice. and from there, I wanted to be a closer, you mm -hmm. know, never thought about getting into leadership. My idea of promotion was just what people told me, like, hey, this is the, this is the trajectory. This is the projection of SDR to AE. So I was like, put my hat in the ring for, for closing rule. And the company was in a really good place. We were pre IPO about to go public. Mm. Um, I was up for promotion. My numbers spoke for themselves. I broke every record. Uh, I was the best on the floor by a long shot. And, um, there was no real territory for me to go into. Mm. So my manager, once again, you know, it's all, it always comes back to the leaders. And that's why I take leadership so seriously, because I know the effect that I could have just on one person, one day, one time, mm -hmm. change their life, just as it did for me. And, um, my manager said, what are your thoughts about running a team? You know, mm -hmm. they saw what I was doing and I'd see these new people come in, these new reps. Right. And what would I see in them? Same I'd thing. Myself, right. right. I see myself. That kid six months ago that came in that was scared that, you know, was like, who are all these people that failed to serve that want? And I saw the that fear in their eyes and I said, let me go give them a little bit of courage. And I did that without any intention, without anything, without, without looking for anything in return. And people saw it and they were like, yo, you, you should get into leadership. And I remember I thought about this for two weeks. Like, should I do this? Should I get into leadership? Should I run the team? And mind you, the team that I would take over, there were a lot of people on that team that were older than me, that were there longer than me, that wanted leadership. Like, so and I was going to have to be their manager. So once again, just another thing that I was like, that's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Obviously I took the role and, um, you know, I remember that first meeting that I had with the team, uh, I was nervous as hell because once again, I told you, I had a lot of people that wanted my job that wanted that. And that we're going to resent me and I needed them. And man, I, it's tough. Yeah. It's just a staple again for how I lead. And it's just completely truthful and vulnerable and honest. And I just told the team, like, I'm in this position. I'm very grateful to be in it. I need you as much as you're going to need me. My job is to help you get to where you want to go as fast as possible. Um, I'm not any better than you, you know, we're people mm -hmm. world trying to become better. And um, I just happen to have this opportunity right now and I'm going to do my best to help you. Uh, I know we need to be in this together. And, you know, the team resonated with that and it kind of took off from there. That's awesome, man. I love that story. I've, I've totally been in that seat of like whispering on the phone before. I distinctly remember 
when I joined Flowcast, it was like 2017. Uh, and then like two reps joined after me. And I remember getting super nervous, like, oh man, are these two new guys going to just whiz right by me and they're like, I'm going to be like the the bottom of the totem pole. And then even though I started a month earlier, and then I remember one of them is named Nico and he was like whispering on the phones, like in the cubicle next to me. And I remembered him just like, like, like always getting in early, getting his calls in before anyone else was there. So no one could hear him. And uh, I remember like a few months later, I was like at the top of the leaderboards. Eventually I kind of figured things out. And then one month later, he crushed me and like beat my own record. And now he's like leading sales on the Europe team and everything. And I was like, man, like just thinking back in that early days when Nico came in, he was like super nervous and like whispering on the phone to see him now today, just like leading a team of, you know, leading managers, leading other people. And just seeing that transfer transformation is just wild. So um, I totally resonate with that, that whispering feeling like, oh, I don't want anyone to hear me or judge what I'm saying. And that feeling you felt seeing Nico do that is, is why when every, when every, you know, how many people reach out to me and say, I want to get into leadership, a lot of AEs, right? Thinking about getting to, to leadership. Like my first thing is, is why, of course, like why, right? Why, 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 why though? Why though? And, um, I'll, I'll, I'll make it make sense to your point originally, mm -hmm. um, but it has to be a passion, not a profession. And mm -hmm. That feeling when you saw Nico, like that fulfilling feeling, it's far and few in between because it doesn't happen often, you know, yeah. Yeah. all the time. It's not like closing a deal. You get close, you know, four deals a month. You're getting the satisfaction of seeing things complete. You're working on human beings, you know, and, mm -hmm. but I'll tell you when it does click for somebody, like it did, like, you know, and you see the progression of their growth, not even as a rep, man. And that's all I've been ever doing is I just focus on making better people. But when that, when it clicks and you see it click in their eyes and their tone, you're just like, all right, you go now, you know, go. Okay. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. You're like, watch their wings, like spread out from, from the cocoon. Right. And like they fly off. Um, you became a team lead and you're managing, um, you know, a bunch of reps. You, is this where you kind of realize like, okay, this is like my career now. Yeah. I realized pretty early on that this is what I was meant to do in my life. Mm. it's nothing to do with sales really just do with people um and help people and i had such a fun time doing it we were the best team on the floor and like i said we went public and the company was great and i got a call in my seat in my desk from a ceo of another company wow yeah and um, i was not listening to job offers or doing anything like this and um she was like, well, you know, I want you to come run this team over here. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And I'm like, I was in, I was in a time in my life where I was in an impressionable phase and uh, I was making mm. some decisions, mm. but no decision is stupid in, in retrospect, in hindsight, in my, my opinion, mm. um, I met her for coffee in New York and she pretty much offered me the job to wow. come run this team and build out this SDR program and offer me double the amount of money and double the amount of equity and all of these things. And I literally didn't even know what they did. Look, I have no regrets, but a lot of these lessons I, I learned through my experiences and that's, that's the place I was. I was like this hotshot, ego controlled, money hungry, status seeking, dopamine searching mm. young man. And I was like, yeah, I'll take it. Sure. Like, didn't even like, didn't really ask questions about the company. Like, you know, mm. didn't research at all. Mm. And I left and I remember telling my team at, at Veronis and you know, people were crying. Like it was, uh, wow. it was a shock to the team. Uh, and it was hard, really hard to leave there. And, uh, I remember my first day at this new job where I was a global manager, where I was carrying quota, I was managing closers and I was also building on SDR team. Hmm. Remember, you know, I, I like to like, you know, get a head start on the day and, uh, I'm a morning person, if you want to call it that. And, uh, I remember I was locked out of this office. I went from this high rise in New York city where, you know, you have a, you have a, like a, you know, buzz yourself in to yeah. a company with like 15 people where I'm like, I'm locked out of this metal door texting the CEO, like, Hey, what time are you coming in? You know? And my training was like on a, on a, on a half broken laptop 
mm-hmm. that was 40 minutes. And then she was like, go, you know, go, go sell, go close, go manage. And uh, I had us, I learned wow. so, yeah, I learned so much through this experience. I had a, I had a woman, 50 year old woman that I, you know, I, I started, she had three closers there that reported up to me. So right away I was, you know, I was managing these, these older people. That was a whole experience. Well, build out and hire an SDR team. And long story short there, after about, you know, a year and a half, I was like, I, I, I want to focus on the SDR side. Nah. So I ended up leaving. Yeah, I see that. So, um, yeah, it sounds like you learned your lesson of due diligence, you know, oh, you want me to come hire a team? Like, well, what's the team look like? Like, let's meet some of them before I just accept this role and leave this, this like situation that um, I've already got going. That's pretty sweet. Um, did you kind of get that grass is always greener on the other side feeling a little bit? Yeah. And it, it goes deeper than that. Right. And for anyone listening, um, who's thinking about leaving a job, I'll tell you money is rarely the answer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I realized what is truly important when it comes to work, of course, money and comp, all those things matter. Don't get me wrong, but. You're spending so much of your time, of your life at work. The people you are working with, if you like them, if you're happy and you're fulfilled and you're laughing and you're not checking the clock, I always say this. Mm. There's nothing worse about a job than when you check the clock and it's two o'clock and, uh, it, you know, feels like four hours goes by and it's two ten. Yeah. You know, and you're like, when does this day end? And that, that feeling, I don't wish that that is not worth any amount of money. Totally. Not worth any amount of money. So yeah, jumped for money. I jumped for status. I jumped for the wrong things. And my lesson was, yes, do your due diligence on these companies for sure. Be responsible, but also value the things like who you work with, who you work for, uh, value the things like is time going by fast or slow, uh, Mm -hmm. or growing and learning as an individual and as a professional, you know, those, those are the huge things that matter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel like early on, you kind of need any job, any experience, and then you build on that a little more. Um, and then eventually you get to be a little more picky about where, where you work and you're saying, Oh, you guys do the things this way. Like, I don't really, I don't really want to work in a place like that. Or, um, like, Oh, I have to come into the office. I want to work remotely now. Like you have that choice once you get a bit more experience. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. So I guess, uh, you kind of realized, all right, this isn't for me. You're checking the clock every day for a year and a half. Um, how'd you find your way out? Yeah. Well, I had this other opportunity, um, for, for a company closer to my home that was in Long Island. And, um, it was to build on SDR team from scratch. And, uh, yeah, it just made, it made more sense you know, at the time to, to get out of this place where I was, I remember talking to my CEO and I'm like, I'm working 10 hour days thinking about, you know, I'm giving 80% here, 80% here, 80% here, 80% here, 80% here, 80% here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm like, so I'm giving like shit, 800%, but nothing's getting done. Like I, there's, there's no completion. There's no feeling of completion. There's no feeling of uh, that I'm making any progress and, you know, in a long sales cycle at, at a, at a, mm. at a startup software data security company, there was a lot of other things that didn't go great there, but I'm not right. going to, I'm not going to get, I'm not in that space. I'm, I'm grateful for it all. Totally. So, so, so were you actively looking or you, did someone like reach out to you about another opportunity then? I was actively looking. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So you got a chance to build out a team and, uh, what was different about this opportunity? What was like much more appealing? Well, so I'll tell you what happens next in my <laughs> journey of life. Uh, so I'm at this company called Vandis and, um, really great people. And I'm there, you know, one SDR and I'm, I'm literally creating all the trainings. That was what I was doing, which is not fun for me. You know, I'm a person. <laughs> I was doing it and I was learning. And anyway, I had tragedy happen in my life, in my family, my father mm-hmm. passed away suddenly. And I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. My dad, uh, it's hard to put into words the giant of a human and a father, a person and a friend that this man was. Mm-hmm. 
how I'm very, I'm very, very family oriented. And my mom got sick when I was young. She had a dramatic brain injury when I was 18. And just never the same. And we needed to take care of her. And my mom and dad were divorced and my, they stayed close. And me, my two sisters and my dad, you know, we, we, we huddled up. We were the team. We, we mm. like, we, we got this. And my dad was the leader, right? He, he made the money in the family. My mom never didn't work after her injury. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and one day he disappears literally. Wow. So, and uh, yeah, you know, and, uh, so crazy, crazy time for my family and my life. You know, you just wake up quick. Mm. You go through something like that, man. There are no words, you know, all the little things you thought were problems in your life, all the little anxieties, all the little ups and downs, man, they get washed away real quick and you get real sober, real fast, mm-hmm. staring into the abyss mm-hmm. with where to go, man. And anyway, I left that company for a few weeks, obviously, you know, I sure. ended up having to go back as life goes on. And my dad always said that life doesn't stop for anyone, son, you know, and, uh, it's a harsh truth to swallow, but I went back and after about a week, two weeks, I literally went into my CEO's office and I was like, I'm not the same guy you hired. Mm. Like I'm not, you're paying me, but I don't know for what I I can't do this. Mm. And it was, uh, it was close to my rock bottom as I was lost and so many crazy things were happening in my life. Bad things from this, this, this tragedy, my, my father's this long story short, but some guy stole his money. Um, and we had a tenant in my mom's house that wouldn't leave, wouldn't pay. It was like the perfect form and damn, it was spiraling and um anyway i left that job tried to regather gain my footing and uh the universe responded to me as it always does and it gave me this opportunity believe it or not my friend max the same friend who got me into veronis i mean yeah the veronis the first job first sdr job he was at patient pop and no he way yeah he had moved to california and um yeah, we were New York kids. I love that. Yeah, we were New York kids. We never left. I never thought I would leave. He, he, I never thought he would leave and he was living the dream and I watched him from a distance rise. And then he goes, yo, listen, like this SDR to, he went from AE. He was the best closer there by far. And mm-hmm. he, to, um, they asked him to take over the SDR team because it was so bad and he had mm-hmm. some that were working and he jumped in and was having success, but the team was big. I think mm-hmm. him 25 people at the time. And it was just him and one other manager. Um, and he like, you know, I, I, you know, I want to put you on, like, there's an opportunity. We need your leadership. And Justin Welsh was running the show at this time. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so I was like, okay, universe, like give me this opportunity, man, like to get out of California, to start over, like yeah let me so let me see like and i jumped on a plane wow yeah i went to interview and i remember you know it was a long day of interviews uh, i met with justin i met with a bunch of other people and i was walking around santa monica after that and i'm like i really want this life you know like please like i really want this like i really want this to work out and i went back home and it was a long process man like they they were figuring out the direction that they were going to go. And, um, eventually I remember getting the, the offer and I pretty much jumped down on a plane the next day and, and, and moved out to, to California. Wow. It's like definition of a fresh start, huh? Right. I know. Whole so, new environment. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. Did you know anyone else besides, was it, was it Max? Max. That was, that was it. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was it. Yeah. Wow. Good for you, man. Um, scary i'm sure um but uh that's gotta feel good to like you know you can't just be in the same environment wallowing i think and uh you know if you need a fresh perspective why not you know new job new city new new uh, community to join um and value that you can bring to like someone that needs like a team that needs that so it's 
it's pretty awesome that Max was uh, clutch again. Yeah, no, he he came through for sure. That's awesome, and I'm I'm sure. I mean, it feels like that was um, you know much different than the other roles, even though they were like kind of you know training an SDR team and, and building that up. Um, I guess in terms of like culture and what the how the company was run, because you stayed there for a while and you 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 grew into that you know director role. Um, I want to speak to just like what what the differences were like there and how that kind of affected your career. Yeah, man, we had it good. All of you, bro. We, you know, we were, we had the team firing, like yeah. firing. He was coming out of the AE role where he was breaking records. So he understood, we were calling it the doctor. So he understood a lot of the ways to do this. And, you know, with my people skills and be able to get a team to follow me, like, it was a perfect match. And, mm. uh, you know, with Justin kind of letting us do his, do, do our thing, mm. life was good, man. It was so good. We were, we were, I was having fun in California. I had a, I was in a relationship at the time. My girlfriend had moved out to live with me. Mm. Mm. I was looking for a job out there. And, you know, the only constant in life is change. Mm. So. This, you know, it didn't, it didn't last forever. Right. Where it wasn't like things went bad, but things changed, yeah. you know, we were crushing it. Things were, things were great. Um, Justin ended up taking a step back, right. you know, he get out and, um, amazing his whole journey. I remember when he, you know, he's a LinkedIn legend, you know, right. and I remember when he was first posting on LinkedIn, he's getting Same. followed and 20 likes and like just feeling it out and he left patient pop soon after that and max went back into a closing role and we hired some other managers and um life changed and then kd kevin dorsey mm -hmm. was hired by justin before he left essentially to take the reins when kd came in for me that's when my my growth as a leader manager director whatever you want to call it was just multiplied awesome like because kd runs a tight ship yeah he, i can tell he doesn't play games man like and he knows what he's doing let me tell you like it it was really like tactical wise like i didn't get a lot of time with justin you know mm -hmm. towards the end of when he was he was there his five-year run or whatever it was and he was burnt out man like so yeah. he he was phasing through when KD came in, it was just a wealth of knowledge. And I never had anyone like that, that I could learn so much from. And for me, self-development has always been the most important thing. So I was just like, yeah, what else? What else? What yeah. else? Like my people skills and my ability to lead people has always been innately amazing. But KD really, for me, put together the process side of things, had mm -hmm. a look specific numbers managed to a number, uh, how to create, you know, certain plans and process and get people to follow through. And, um, you know, we, 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 we did our thing for a while. I was promoted from, a, you know, manager into senior manager into principal manager. And then, um, you know, I, I won every award, every, every manager of the quarter type thing. You know, I never missed a number. And then, uh, my path to director was the hardest thing professionally I've ever had to do. Really? It wasn't like, hey, well, you know, hit these numbers and like get director or like, yeah, you've been doing your thing for here for, for, for a while. Like, here's your promotion. Like everyone knew yeah. they should have had the promotion earlier even. But mm. again, things changed, right? We were in California at the, uh, I remember talking to one of my, my friends who was a matter of Davion, like at Patient Pop and we're like, this is, this life is great. Like everything is like, we were, we were, we were managing, running the team, had full buy-in numbers were great. We're learning and growing. And then one day the email comes in, Hey team, we're going to try to work from home on Friday as a, as a org wide. Hmm. You know? And we never went back to the office. Right. 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 No. And that was the start of something else. And right. Korea really like just crashed man my relationship crashed uh, which is which was a great thing for me beautiful thing another universe god shot thing where uh, i was just so lucky but um hmm. i almost 
I told KD like, Hey man, like I'm going to go back to closing business. Like I can't manage these SDRs over the computer. It's tough. Like, come on. Like they, they don't want to make the calls. You know, it was, it was a tough time, you know, with all due respect to everyone out there. Like, yeah, there's the riots. There was COVID. People didn't know what was happening. We had a riff. We laid off 30% of our team. It was wild. And um, anyway, you know, like always, figured out how to manage via remote and mm-hmm. uh, continuing to ascend and rise. And eventually, you know, got my path to director, which was like this 120 day plan that I needed to, with all these different factors that I need to report on weekly to, the, to, to KD, as well as the president of the company. Uh, mm. So many different things just to have an opportunity to, to, to do it, right? Like I needed wow. to do all these things and I did. And then KD ended up leaving as the company was merging. Mm-hmm. My promotion was up in the air. I was told that I was going to get it. Then there was some obviously problems like, wait, who said, we said, she said, he said, what's going on? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, no, bro. Like, no, like, I, I, where is it? You know, like I, I had really, 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 really like it deserved it. And we had another guy come in once again, who I thought should have been my job. Two people Mm -hmm. over, it should have been my job. I eventually got the nod and, um, you know, it was one of the most proud moments of my career thus far, Mm -hmm. because getting to that, if you're a manager of sales, you know how hard it is to cross that line, to get to director. For sure. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's different managing managers, you know? Yeah. And it's like an exclusive group where like, you know, you're, you're crossing the line now to like executive leadership, essentially Mm -hmm. first, that first stop. And with that, with that role comes a lot of responsibility. And, uh, you know, I, I did amazing, right. I was, uh, never missed a number. We were breaking records. Mm-hmm. records as far as performance per head, revenue per head, connect rate, hit conversion rate per head. And, uh, I was kind of shockingly let go, uh, in December, you know, um, mm-hmm. I understand it. And you look at span of control and things like that, or the amount of money that I was making and you take me away and leave my managers in my managers roll up to my VP. Mm-hmm. A lot of people asking, who do I, what's going on? And, but. It is what it is. And, um, you know, it's kind of, once again, been, been such an amazing thing that that's happened to me. So, yeah. Yeah. So that, that was this past December and, um, you know, obviously you were shocked. So you weren't like planning to start your own like consulting gig and start like doing this, this extra thing for yourself. Uh, I guess, uh, what, uh, what are you looking for now? I guess, like, are you st- looking to stay as a consultant? Or are you looking to like get back into like a director of, of business development like that? Yeah, like, like, like what you had before? Well, my life has taken another turn, Andy. Tell me about it. Another great turn, bro. <laughs> it really has, man. I'll tell you. So I haven't talked about this a lot publicly, publicly, whatever that means, but. It's okay. I only got like four listeners. It's all right. <laughs> now I'm actually, <laughs> when I, I want to talk to you because I'm, I'm going to, I'm starting my own podcast. Sick. Nice. I, I don't, I, a couple of questions on, on getting it off the ground, but. Nice. I've been doing consulting. You know, since I got laid off and, um, it, none of it has been outbound. It's all been about interest. I literally mm-hmm. went to the bar with KD and he, he was like, let me see your LinkedIn. And he was going through my LinkedIn. He's like, you're sitting on a hundred grand here, bro. Mm-hmm. And people that are just viewing your profile and like, just step into the consulting ring. Like you can help these, these companies, low, low cost, high value. And yeah, I had a bunch of people reach out also a testament and another great rule of life y'all for people for the four listeners listening you know that listen up mom (laughs) do good by people man be kind look people in the eye respect them and do good work because it's one full cycle like one of the uh, the bigger contracts that i got you know was from somebody that i worked in patient pop with years ago Hmm. that just respected me you know and that that they knew I was about that action. Like they knew what, what I was about. And uh, they, they told their CEO and she, you know, I ended up closing, I closed that deal. So like it mm. came circle. Um, and I've been doing this consulting stuff 
and also coaching, one-on-one coaching I've been doing for a while. But most recently, man, honestly, about two and a half months ago, I had a, had a bit of a spiritual awakening. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's been uh, one of the most amazing things that's ever happened to me. And I've been on this path since then where I've turned down consulting gigs. I am like, I have new eyes looking at a new game with new rules right now. Yeah. And uh, hmm. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm literally entertaining everything. And this is what my podcast will be about too. Hmm. Like I'm taking my hands off the wheel. My okay. hand on the wheel my entire life. My hmm. entire life I've been gritting through, controlling, maneuvering, fixing, teaching. Pick, like I've just been moving the world to fit into what I think is my box. And Worked for me, quote unquote, but through this awareness that I now have and through my awakening, I've realized there's, there's bigger things happening here and there's different rules happening here. And I'm taking my hands off and I'm kind of letting like, think of it like, instead of rowing the boat, I'm now sailing, mm. you know, and yeah. I'm letting the universe kind of take me, cool. me. Okay, where I need to go and I have my heart open and I'm following it. And I'm that's why I told I, I posted the other day, like I'm anyone who reaches out to me, I talk to because I don't know where it's gonna go, you know. So I'm open. It's kind of annoying sometimes because like, you know, someone will say, Hey, do you you know you got five minutes to and I'm like, sure. Yeah, I love that. Um well I'm excited for you, man. It's uh, you know. I don't even know what I'm excited for because it's like this open book. It's like a green pasture for you. Um, right. It's very cool. Um, I have a random question. I'm just curious, like um, for these consulting gigs that you land, um, like are you building out their like an outbound strategy? Are you like putting together playbooks and stuff? I, I guess it's more of a side question, but I'm just kind of yeah. curious about what that looks like. Absolutely. And this is most of the, the most common question I get. Honestly, it's different every company. You know, companies will say, Hey, I have this team. They're struggling. I need you to work with them. Coaching, call reviews, demo Mm. demo reviews, pipeline reviews, script creation, sequence creation. Then there's other companies that'll say, Hey, like, I want you to sit with my manager once a week, Mm. just with my manager. Then there's other companies that say, Hey, we need a playbook from ground Mm -hmm. up. We need to know what good looks like. We don't, we don't know what we're doing. Uh, So it really depends. Got it. So like, you don't really have like a menu that people choose from, uh, services. It's more like, Hey, what do you need? Here's how I can help you. And here's what I would, uh, here's a price point. Right. I mean, dude, like, look, I have not, I'm not all in. That's just the bottom line. I'm when I, I'm working with a team, I'm all in for sure. You get it. But like, I've had this whole skeleton of like JG consulting that I was, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have an LLC or anything like that. I have this whole skeleton of. I'm going to be, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing with my career, mm-hmm. but life's changed now, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I'm still open. I'm still doing it, but mm-hmm. it's not, it's like, it's not as professional as it would be if I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life kind of thing mm-hmm. where all my energy is going towards, you know? So I'm mm-hmm. open for it. I'm still, t- I had an interview the other day for a director role. Like I'm, I'm still hearing companies out yeah. I love sales. I love the sales world. I love having a platform to help people, which is my God-given gift. And um, I've been so lucky to to have that opportunity. So I, if there's the right team with the right people, like I'm open to hearing and learning and putting myself out there. Uh, but for the consulting thing, never know, maybe in a week, I'll say, this is it. I want to go in, you know, and then I'll create what you said, like, what does it look like with these types of different menus to choose from or whatnot? But Mm-hmm. And all of that is just, it all comes down to like, all right, well, let me speak to the team. Let me see the numbers. Let me work backwards on where you're at until mm-hmm. literally like self-diagnose, like, let me, let me do some discovery. You need to do discovery to find out where they're at and where they want to go and then come to them with what I think is the solution. Love that. Well, it's great, dude. I, I loved hearing your, your story. Um, it's really, really cool. I appreciate you recanting that. Um, I wanted to just kind of wrap up and ask, I have two, two questions. Um, 
one is like what kind of like career advice I, I assume you get this a lot but like career advice for sdrs in general right. um that are either looking to break into that role or just in that role already kind of touched on it a bit but i'm curious like what you might give like someone who's just kind of like starting their sales career and uh kind of looks up to you you know in general and says like well how do i get to that point yeah i would say if you know and like like you mentioned earlier on right like when you're first getting into the world you gotta pay your dues whatever that looks like that has different colors to it and different flavors mm. and nowadays that's changing a bit and my perspective of that is changing as well but I can't tell someone who's looking to get an SDR job and say, well, you should choose your leadership and choose your manager. That wouldn't be realistic, you know, because they're just looking to get paid and start right. experience. But my advice is to really lean into whoever's leading you hmm. and figure out instinctually if they're the real deal. And if they are, listen to every single thing they say. Every single thing they say, you know, I've had probably in my career, I probably had, I can name them even probably six people who've listened to every single thing I say, all women, by the way, all women. Wow. Yeah. Every single, every, every single thing I say to where they were just literally listening and implementing and they were the best. Yeah, I bet. They were the best. They, they, they got promoted. They made tons of money. They were, it, they just, they, they, they saw what was there and they did it. So like my advice for, for SDRs is find someone who knows what they're doing and really, really listen to them and mm -hmm. in time evolve to your own voice. But that's, that's what I would say. That's great advice. Love that. Um, all right. Last one I got for you. Then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll say goodbye. Um, I know that you're starting a podcast. I don't know if you have a name for it, if you want to like promote it yet or anything. Mm. Um, but, uh. I was going to ask if you have any podcasts that you listen to in general that you think uh, others should should too. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to plug it just yet because I'm looking at I got a couple of names that um, I'm not positive. But for people listening, my podcast will be about sales and be about life, but mainly it will be the premise will be about my spiritual awakening and my shift from fear to love, which may be. Hmm actually the name of it. But as I mentioned, I'm taking my hands off the wheel and I'm, I'm playing by different rules. And if you believe that this is not it, that this game that we're in right now is not, is not it, then you should listen along. And if you're feeling anything like, Hey, there, there is something more, there is something bigger. I've, I've been feeling it, seeing it, experiencing it now for almost three months. I've meditated now for 80, 90 days in a row. And, you know, yeah. like I, I'm doing the work for real. And I want mm. to essentially just bring people along, you know, mm. for anybody who's feeling that way or just curious where my life goes, essentially. Mm -hmm. This because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in control anymore. So let's see where it goes. But uh, a couple of podcasts that, that have helped me tremendously are Derek Grant, uh, Pathway to Results. Mm. I would 100% get into that. Um, if the, you know, for anybody who's just looking to develop and become more self aware. That I would say that that's been a huge, huge help for me. Cool. Well, thanks, man. Really appreciate you joining. I know, uh, you know, taking an hour out of your days. Uh, I know that you're the kind of person that does this, but I know it's not, not always easy. So I always appreciate it. Appreciate that. No, thank right you. On. Thanks for joining Word Stuff. Can you see my screen? No, I don't think so. Cause it's just for listening. I'm the guy who brings up work stuff at parties. My name is Andy and I thank you for joining me. Work stuff, a podcast, professional stories casually told on work stuff.